Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Chris Long, uh, and this is the Greenlight Pod. Had some fun talking to Dave Damashek Monday. Uh, some of it was more evergreen, and uh, we pushed out the stuff that we wanted to get out Monday. But as always, with Dave, we go long. He is the man, one of my favorites. Uh, make sure to check out his podcast as well. And here he is talking about his beloved Steelers. And most importantly, we got into our breakdowns of the best and the worst new uniforms from the last two weeks in the NFL season, making myself and Dave. And Dave is the uniform Don. If you want to talk unis, you got to go through Dave. Can't find a bigger uniform snob than Dave Damashek. So without further ado, Dave Damashek. Green light pod. See y'all Friday. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape. Get ready for week three. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 3, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That includes this weekend's UFC 253. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Green light when you sign up to get this can't miss offer. Pick any team during week three, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code green light during sign up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So, uniforms, first and foremost. We Two okay. weeks in, we've seen pretty much all the new guys. What are you liking? What are you not liking? Obviously, I've got Macon here, who's a huge uniform snob, even bigger than me. And maybe on your level, Dave. I know we had uh, what was that? Uh, within the past year, we had a uh, a wonderful um, exchange like five about. Years ago. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, first thing, well, where where shall we begin? The Chargers win. I don't know that you know, whatever the discussion is. Are those the best uniforms in all the NFL? They're immediately in the top five, in my opinion. I love the gold pants in Cincinnati in week one. I love the all white. I can't wait to see the powder blue mm. make its uh, its big debut. I like those very much. Browns look great. Rams are the ones like when I'm like the late great Jerry Orbach says at the ed- end of Dirty Dancing. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. When I saw those Rams get-ups this summer, I decreed these are an atrocity. Mm-hmm. These don't – I got to tell you, I kind of like the road ones. I'm going to hold it. I don't think the all-blues are going to work, but I do kind of – I don't know why. I kind of like they looked, I thought those. they – I was – that was my uniform shock of the first two weeks was that in that empty stadium in Philly. And in the sunlight, right, because we saw them at night the week one, and I didn't – like you, and over the summer I didn't like it. Week one, I wasn't really moved by uh, their new get-ups. Hey, 
They're going to be playing in the sunshine down there in SoCal. I don't know if that's an indoor or an outdoor stadium. They looked brilliant yesterday in the, that Philadelphia glow. Um, they really did. I, I was I was surprised by that. Do you all know what, I, what color those unis are? Oh, yeah. The gray, the whatever you call that gray thing. Yeah. For, uh, bone. Bone. Right? Bone. <laughs> bone. And I got a fact for you, too. Yeah. NFL Films took the unis and a few players out to a vacant high school field in New Jersey last summer and shot activity as though it were a game to make sure the jersey would differentiate itself enough on screen alongside an imposing color jersey. So the NFL wow. did not give its blessing until they trotted That's it out good, onto though. a it's, high school it's field. It's like in Madden where you accidentally, and I don't play Madden anymore, but where you, or any video game actually when we accidentally pick the wrong uniforms and they clash mm. and you got to start the game over you don't want to do that not in the nfl no, indeed. So i'm glad they did no. that I, no I, I'm I'm the biggest violator if i can call somebody out here early i don't want to be controversial but i don't know what the arizona cardinals think they're up to this year what game they're playing at <laughs> but but you know in week i like most football fans i was just over the moon to have football back last sunday the two sundays ago so I let it go. I was like, all right, fine. They want to wear their red pants while they're playing the 49ers who are wearing their red jerseys. Okay, maybe they made a week one mistake. But now they did it again. Now they wore the red pants against Washington, and now they're trying to mess with my eyeballs, and I don't care for it. Yes, Kyler Murray is going to win the MVP, as I told you he would this summer. But that doesn't excuse them wearing red pants. Those uniforms are an apocalypse, and they can have such good ones. So and bad. you know what? And you know what else? What? The Rams were not the problem in Philadelphia. The team that's uniform stink and it's time to change them are your Philadelphia Eagles. And you have juice, friend. Get on that. You know what? Maybe I should because we've, we've had this conversation many times and a lot of it is centered around the what might have been had Blake Bortles led the Jacksonville Jaguars to a Super Bowl. <laughs> that would have been a, an abomination uniform-wise, yeah. and I agree with you. I was on the field that day. I think the Eagles could do better. The Cardinals undoubtedly could do better. Those things are in need of a major overhaul. Let's go back to the Dave McGinnises. I mean, I don't care if you go there back you go. to, you know, get the sunshine on the patch, you know, the state flag on the patch. I don't care if you go back to the Conrad Doblers. Just give me something else. The Doblers are where it's at. Yeah. And the Eagles, the Eagles are one of those teams, though. That's where I really will knock a current uniform is when um, history's closet in that organization offers better options. The Seahawks are one of those teams, but the Eagles have like three legitimately Agreed. three options in their history that are superior to what they're wearing out there right now. You could go with the Jaworski, Harold Carmichael era. Mm. You could go with the Randall Cunningham, Reggie White era, or you could go back to 1960. I don't care what it is. They're all superior to what they're wearing now. Dave, you talk about Sunday night. We saw the Pats in the road unis for the first time. It's a slight change. Looks more like that color rush of years past. I thought it was Don't frankly it. elite. Oh, my God. Oh, I couldn't wait to hear uh. what... Uh, adjective you just applied I don't, there. I don't like the number font so much, but I the stripes, I think, are are perfect. Finely symmetrical, no, no stripe on the helmet. I think it looks great. The, yeah. the ones you wore are, are, are awful. Those stripes with the stripes on the socks. Listen, you know, I'm, I, I, I actually, I think they were in need of a, a reboot because of the strong association. You could never move on from Laguerre, Tom Brady Blanc, and uh -oh. Laguerre. Well, I'm talking... <laughs> Yeah, look here, but I you, you could never move on from Jabal Sheard. 
Right. Okay. The Jabal Sheard era in New England is over. You got to move past it. <laughs> and and like, yeah, I, I'm not crazy about those uniforms. I really am not. But they didn't look awful. I just elite. I was afraid you'd say something like this. I agree with you. Chargers, they're, they're winning the thing running away. And I'm watching in the afternoon the glow of a Virginia you know, evening, early evening, and I'm seeing SoFi, which really brought its A game in week mm. two. Week one, okay, shiny new building, but where that thing really thrives is when they let the light in. And I'm watching maybe one of the most eye-popping combinations I've seen in recent history with the Kansas City Chiefs in red and those Chargers and their new guys. Have you seen a better matchup in the past calendar year? It's funny, you know, I'm an estate like you with this sort of stuff. I guess the three of us are. I, you know, like we've talked about with uniforms, obviously, it's weird that people would look at a team for three and a half hours every week and have zero opinion. I don't care about that kind of stuff. Why would I care? Neanderthal. I mean, because you're... Because your eyes are are one of your five set your the the, the gift of sight. Yeah, if I is took a dump, fi- if I took a dump next to, if I took a dump next to your couch and made you sit in there the entire Sunday slate, that's essentially what I'm looking at with my eyes. I that's the smell that my eyes are seeing when I watch mm. the Cardinals play. I mean, that's- so don't don't tell me that you don't see it. You would smell a steaming pile of dog shit next to the couch. I, I totally agree with you. But you're, but we, we, it really goes to an advanced level when you're doing what you're doing, and I'm with you 100%, is what are the aesthetics of the stadium? I don't even get when people turn a game on and they'll walk into – people who are diehard football fans will walk into a – or a baseball fan for that matter too. You go, like, where's this game being played? Like, can't you tell by looking at the screen? Yes. You can't tell by the light in it. Yeah. And and otherwise, never mind the graphics that put the home oh. team at the bottom. But, but, I mean, the, you can't just walk into a room and go like, oh, it looks nice in uh, Seattle today. I mean, it's immediately recognizable. To answer your question – if I can nitpick, because I love the Chargers and I think the Chiefs are maybe the most underrated of the high-end uniforms out there, I would like to see the powder blue Chargers against the red-panted Chiefs. If mm. I could tweak that one a little bit, it would be a, a – for right now, I will still go Raiders at – I mean, uh, Chiefs at Raiders, but that was in the East Bay when you got that glorious yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, California yeah. golden hour light coming in there. Let's see how the new digs in Sin City – uh, make it look that should be interesting my only tweak for chargers if they're going white 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 that tall blue sock for me needs to be broken up just a bit and some of the guys did it on their own with some white tape up to the calf the long blue sock was my my only critique those are they're, they're oh, beautiful the you, socks you, you the socks have. go so far and it's a weird thing that people don't identify that that like the Texans would have absolutely fine uniforms if they would just change back to the red socks that they used to wear. But mm-hmm. the blue has this weird, makes them look as dreary as all oh, get That's out. the I, worst color in sports. Not a classic navy, but this navy that they turned to around the turn of the century to sell more gear. You know, I don't know if people started wearing really drab colors in mass, but like that whole change that we made, it's just the wrong thing. And you mentioned baseball. Made me think of how awful Tropicana Field is. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, that that that, that place is the worst. But I will say, yeah. shout out to the Sox. 
of the Cleveland Browns. Agreed. That, that they have Agreed. those cool striped socks, those ornate socks. It's like, yeah, but that's only for, they don't really show up on TV. Yeah, in in 1991 they didn't, but yeah. now I don't know if everybody heard about HD TV. Now yeah. you can see all those details. Let's Macon get back hasn't. To the, Macon watched uh, the Washington football team play the Cardinals while. Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson were playing yesterday because he's a cord cutter. Cord cutting might be overrated. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> speaking of a slight tweak, I wish, and maybe you two gentlemen disagree, I wish that the Washington football team's number on the helmet, I wish it were white. Mm. I wish it, I wish it matched the number on the, on the jersey. Whatever it is, it's just, okay. Let me rephrase. I wish it had the slight outline Does that the jersey Does it look like Minnesota has. to you? Do they look like Minnesota too much to you? It looks like, it looks like high school to me. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I wish that whatever the number on your jersey is going to look like, it's going to be matched on the lid. And I know you can only have one such lid in the National Football League, but I just, I, I wish the number on the head match the number on the jersey. Point taken. Before we move to the Steelers, I do, I do just want to say one thing. Um, Bring back pride stickers for these for for teams without the logos on the helmets. There's only one in the NFL. Well, the Cleveland football team doesn't have a logo either. You're not gonna you're not gonna desecrate that helmet. But I think maybe in dog the interim, bones. dog bones. Yeah, you could bring back dog bones for yeah. the Cleveland the, the, the dog pound. Where are you on that, Dave? Are you pro? I love those. Yeah, that's love that's too. definitely that is definitely one thing college football has over pro football and uh, you know if i can harken back to to uh, baseball and and my i guess alleged favorite team although i have enough dignity to not uh, actively watch the pittsburgh pirates but in 1979 the family pop stargell used to give out a star for good plays to his teammates that's remember the flat top pirates hats yeah, yeah and they would have stars on them those were owed to good plays much like the buckeyes get one more thing, because Chris Long, I uh, this is one of um, the uh, the first places I think we connected was I said that when the Brady era ended, like just let it stand as its own thing in New England Patriots lore for all of time. They basically went to those uniforms just before Brady got in there, the flying Elvis and all yeah. of that. Okay, it's over with Brady. Now go back to Pat Patriot. What I are agree. we waiting for? I agree. I, just, I, and, yeah, and same thing with the Buccaneers. You know, you could have gone all the way back with the creamsicles. You chickened out, and now nobody's talking about your uniforms. We just had Dave Damashek on for ten minutes to talk about uniforms. Bucks didn't come up once because they just suck. The new uniforms—they're just, just forgettable. They're forgettable. But you know what? The Patriots—I completely disagree that those are really okay. that those are elite because the silver helmet ain't good. No, the silver helmet has nothing to do with what uh, is going below on the neck. downstairs. Yeah, I agree. You got to go white helmet. That's it. My parting shot is 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 hopefully not controversial. Uh, T1 with Chargers, I have the Cleveland Browns, as mentioned, the best possible throwback of the, of the teams that changed. And the rollout that I liked that nobody else liked, the Atlanta Falcons, oh. I was wrong. It doesn't work. Doesn't it, work, but it, not as bad as I thought, but still terrible. It's like it was a two and I thought it'd be a one. I thought it was a eight- yeah, no. And yeah, it's a, it's a two bad. or three. doesn't work. It looks like a movie that I haven't seen. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I picked them to, to win the Super Bowl. All right? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about it. Hmm. Should I be feeling good about it, or should I not be feeling so good about it after yesterday? I mean, listen, I would defer to you on this because I feel like 
pro football players, despite being imbued with superhuman physical gifts, also on some level, there's a weird, one thing I always say is chicken or the egg kind of thing. You, Chris Long, were undoubtedly the best player in every sport growing up, right? I mean, you didn't You'd have be surprised. I was a late, uh, I was a late bloomer. For the most part, every guy you're watching in yeah. any professional sport dominated every sport that yep. they played growing yep. up. So they they are filled with this sense of, um, you know, of, of superhuman gifts. They're aware that they're better than everybody else. And yet I still think that pro football teams need the need the confidence that can only be gotten from right. winning some games. So, yep. OK, fine. But I think that their identity is that they're supposed to dominate defensively. And so far, they have not been shut down in the second half against, by the way, two pretty bum offenses. And so I wonder, does that get inside their heads that last year was last year and all of a sudden we're not finishing games. We are allowing some big plays and so on. The yeah. pass rush is as advertised dominant, but the rest of it doesn't feel like, boy, they get, Oh, they're up 11. Good night. That's it for you. Broncos with your backup QB, especially. And, I wonder yeah. if that plagues the team as you as you move forward, or if they're just sort of like, "Hey, we're two and zero. What's to worry about?" I think I think there's something to that. I think like you got to get that monkey off your back, where you say we're going to pitch that same type of shutout performance that we had last year with such regularity. I think there's something to teams that play. It's like teams that move the ball in two minute. You know you have to when you've got Duck Hodges mm. or you've got you know Mason Rudolph under center, as a defense, you know there's no room for error. And I think one of the big things is that subconsciously affects even the most dominant defenses. Hmm. Not knowing, like knowing that you, it's life or death, this, you know, to use a hyperbole, but relative to f football hyperbole, it's true. Like for your team last year, if your defense doesn't pitch like damn near shutouts every week, your team's going to be four and 12. Somehow, and a lot of it was turnovers, so I, I don't know if they're getting the same great breaks. You've been watching the games closer than I have. I watched the, the primetime game, had one eye on it yesterday for the reasons we discussed. In the second half, you know, they're playing a Jeff Driscoll who was the guy that we were just kind of laughing at last year in Detroit. Uh, and I'm saying to myself, he's moving the ball. They, they're moving the ball in these guys. So I don't know what's missing. I don't know if it's a personnel difference. I don't know if it's a scheme difference. I don't know if it's a preseason thing. But I don't worry about their defense because Ben's Ben's playing decent. I mean, Ben looks mm -hmm. good to me. He looks like that first night, and I, I got to watch him again last night, he was slinging the ball a little bit. I mean, he definitely was hamming up some of the injuries and looking like he was got hit by a truck half the time. But he had zip on the ball. Juju stepped up. I think he's 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 out of that A B shadow. He feels a lot more comfortable this year. And uh and they look like they're gonna be a fun team offensively. I think that's the ebb and flow of it though. The team gets better on offense, the defense gets they relax a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right, that, that that they are more balanced. I guess it's a little bit like the Mets with Jacob DeGrom, if you pay attention to the Metropolitans at all. Um, they generally can't score any runs, because he, but he's so dominant. There is right. some weird uh, mental push yeah. and pull of all that. Like Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers, for a while there, didn't always score a lot of runs for him, that you know that you have that fail-safe, I guess. But um yeah, I would think that that offense should get to a place where they where where they're pretty close to one of the better offenses in the NFL, and the defense 
is as talented as anything. So the bottom line is um, they should be, I mean, to me, the two best teams right now in the NFL, with all due respect to the Packers, are the Ravens and Chiefs. And then I think the Bills are up there too. And I guess you put the Steelers in that top four too. Where's Seattle? You're not buying. You're not buying them. I'll tell you. See, you grew up in an age where your old man was banging heads with Elway's Broncos. And I think like we've talked about before, Russell Wilson to me is 21st century John Elway. Those Mm. those Broncos teams, the first couple in the 80s, at least that he dragged the Super Bowls, had no business getting to Super Bowls based on overall roster talent. He just made them he made them better gunslinger style. Yeah. I'm diminishing the Seahawks pieces, specifically the pass catchers that they have. And I guess President Adams looks um, looks gangbusters defensively. But overall, I don't think that Seahawks team is anything special. You take you you put a league average QB in there. I got them going to the Super Bowl, man. I I I don't know. Like I picked them pregame. Now I'm worried about like their pass rush for sure. Um, I don't worry about their O line because they've never been any good, and that's never stopped them from doing what they've had to do. I look at this thing, and I guess you you mentioned a few of the best teams in the AFC and in the NFL, and you're a Steelers fan. Is there a scenario where Pittsburgh could win the North? Yeah, I, I you know I feel like um, people say this a lot, but I feel like the Ravens again identity. I wonder if that's a curmudgeonly thought or if Bill Belichick changed pro football in the way you approach it as a coaching staff that that the the goal is to be a chameleon. We'll play it however you want to play yeah. it because there used to be and and there still is to some degree like this is how we play football and right. this is what we're going to do no matter who's in front of us. Um I wonder if if Lamar Jackson and uh, the Ravens offense will be more disciplined this year when they get confronted with like, oh, we're down 10 points. All right. Now we got to change the way we're doing things. I don't know that they're wired to to do that. You know, I like Lamar Jackson um, back there as a as a passer more than I think some people do. And yet I still don't know if they um, if if they get away from that, if they like, let's see on next Monday night, let's see if they fall behind. If, well, if they're the more thing. disciplined, I mean, just stick yeah. with it. Just that's what it seemed like last night. You know, New England had a breakthrough and saying, "Oh, we don't have to panic so much about being behind. We can o- open things up a little bit." I do worry about that with Baltimore. I mean, like my brain tells me that. Here's the reason I picked the Steelers. Okay, I do. I think the Steelers can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Would I like to see it? Yeah, because they're a fun team. I also think they match up well against uh, Baltimore and they have more playoff experience. I mean, once Baltimore wins a playoff game or two, and I hate to be that guy, I mean, we do it with Carson Wentz, like, I'll believe it more right off the bat. I just need to see them go do it. And until then, I'm going to reserve my judgment for crunch time. And also, the nice thing about a Steelers pick is as long as Ben's healthy, they're going to be making a push and I won't be called crazy. And if he gets hurt, hey, I said a healthy Ben Roethlisberger is going to win the Super Bowl, not a not an injured one. Well, everybody loves to now. People have already moved on from what they were saying three weeks ago. But as a reminder, most not people me. were. My teams are undefeated. Knock on wood. It I know, but everybody, but you remember a lot of people like well, oh, yeah. I don't know about this Steelers team. I like you know, there were national voices saying, "Oh, I think they're going to have a losing record this year." Like, come on, man. You you heard that they almost made the playoffs with Duck Hodges throwing the ball, yeah, right? Man, like, what, what do you don't think a super a first ballot Hall of Famer? 
if he's 85, 90% of what he was, ain't going to be the difference in them getting to the postseason, please. And to your other point about Lamar Jackson, again, that's a real thing that I'll defer to you on, but I've talked to you and enough pro football players to know that that is a legitimate thing. One of the best things that ever happened to Brady was winning that first Super Bowl and winning the divisional round game against the Raiders in Foxborough in the snow because it got that off the back before off his back before it ever got rolling. Like, yeah, but can he win the big game? Can yeah. he win the big game? Lamar Jackson now, come January, they're going to be in the playoffs, and that will be the thing. Can he do it? And yep. he's supposed to do it. And the curse is supposed to weighs heavy on a lot of people, on a lot of teams. And when they get, if they're uh, the number one seed or whatever, they're gonna they're, they're gonna have the curse of Sposta on their shoulders too. That two years in a row, you you better do it this time around. That's a lot of that's a lot of baggage to carry along with having to beat a high end team like the Steelers. And they lose uh, home field advantage even if they get it. And M and T, which was news to me, is one of the most uh, hostile places to play. If you look at the the records for home teams over the past ten years, so it's just. You're gonna. They're gonna be a ten plus win team. They might be. I think you could have a twelve win wild card team out of this division, which is why I think. I think yeah. that's right. I think and, that's and, the way it's gonna go. Yeah, and and there'll be a lot of pressure on whoever wins the the crown. But there's one team in that division who's really equipped to handle pressure, and that's your guys. So, Dave Damashek, appreciate you coming on. Uh, always fun talking to you, dude. And go check out his pod one more time. Give us the very organic plug. It is called Extra Points three times a week and also minus three uh, towards the end of the week where we pick all the games, Philadelphia, New York, uh, Pittsburgh, and beyond there with uh, with our pal, uh, Jeff Schwartz. I love everything Dave Damashek does. He's one of the best. Appreciate you, bud.